hungry. Hey everyone, it's me, Lisa Lillian, also known as Hungry Girl. I am here with my pals, Mikey and Jamie. We are so excited for yet another episode of Chew the Right Thing. Um, and I was just informed that I think this is the last episode of Chew the Right Thing for the year. Is that true? Wow. Sayonara 2020. So, but you I know what I have to tell you? I, everyone's talking about it. Wow, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. 2020 was terrible. So I don't mean to be like a naysayer, but 2021 is going to start off just being like, it's just an extension of 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I so I don't know. We'll see. Well, maybe 2021 should be like 2020 and a half. And then we start 2021 like the day oh, yeah. we should celebrate New Year in July. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like considering it. it's right now, what, March 287th. That's what I always <laughs> call it. That's what it feels like to me. No, it's been it's been really weird. And lately, I have to say, like the past few weeks, because it's been just it's starting to get me probably because L.A. sort of was opening up and then it shut down again. And then I was like feeling like, oh, is this ever going to change? So I started watching and I don't know, I might have mentioned this on the on the Facebook page at some point, but I started watching like really sappy Hallmark movies, like <laughs> t like nonstop. Like I have seen probably 16 Candace Cameron Hallmark movies. Burr. Burr, yeah, Beret. Isn't it Beret? Is it Bray? Yeah. I don't know. Pavel Bray is a hockey player. She's still just she's still just Kirk's little sister to me. Um, <laughs> but like she's DJ to she's me. She's DJ, exactly. <laughs> like she's amazing. And those movies are a really nice escape. Um, I have to say, when I watch the Christmas movies that don't have her in them, I'm a little sad. Because she's Aww. she's really appealing and fun, and I really like her. But I like sucked it up and I started to watch a real show this week. So I'm now like smack in the middle of the flight attendant. Oh yeah. So good. That's such a great it's show. It's so good. Um, Kaylee Kuoko is amazing. Yeah. And I love, I don't know who this actress is cause I watch nothing, but the, uh, the woman who plays her best friend and mm -hmm. lawyer, Zosia, Annie. Zosia Mehmet. Mehmet, yeah. <laughs> She's freaking incredible. Yeah. yeah. And that's nothing. That's like a, a light role for her. She's a really? great actress. Yeah. Wow. You would know. You watch everything. Everything. <laughs> we do. Everything. So if you're out there and you don't watch The Flight Attendant, you really should definitely do that. I'm like right sort of at the end of episode five. Oh, wow. Ooh, it's getting good. Episode it's seven. It's so good. Episode don't, seven's pretty intense. Don't. They're all intense. Like yeah. after the first episode, I was like, oh, Candace, where are you? I need something <laughs> lighter. <laughs> It's, it was so intense that I was like, okay, I'm going to be an adult and try to watch this. And it really has uh, had sucked me in. I've been watching on my phone. Yeah, sometimes we have um, to cover Penny's eyes because mm -hmm. it's like too gory. So mm -hmm. It is. There's blood, a lot yeah. of drinking, no mm -hmm. eating, all alcohol. It's yeah. like mm -hmm. pound, 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 alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, that's not what we're here to talk about today. No. Today, uh, we, very excitingly, we are doing, because of the success of the first one, and we sort of threatened that we were going to do another one, this is... Hungry Girl to the Rescue again. Again. <laughs> Seems that everybody needs a lot of rescuing. And basically what that means is you asked it and we are going to answer it. We have voicemails from our trusted, fantastic Hungry Girl audience. And um, we're going to do our best to answer the dilemmas and the problems that you guys have asked us to answer, right? That's yep. what yeah, I mean, hopefully today. the first question is going to be, what should I watch on television? Because we've already <laughs> nailed that. <laughs> yeah, we've already answered that. So like, let's go have a snack. Um, but I don't think that's the first question. But before we move into the questions, Mikey. Break. 
All right. Remember a few months ago, we tried Lucky Charms cereal bars and Reese's Puff cereal bars? Oh, yes. Remember that? I sure do. Well, there are two new cereal bars on the horizon. Kellogg's is releasing Fruit Loops and Frosted Flakes cereal bars, not together, separately. Um, The bars are going to hit stores any second now if they're not already in stores. So we got to get them and try them. Like Frosted Flakes, I can't wait for. I love Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking with somebody today about Fruit Loops and Frosted Flakes. So this is really weird. Like somebody was saying, we were having this conversation and I was saying, I don't love Fruit Loops, but I like Fruit Loops when they're not in milk much better. I don't really like them in milk. So I will probably like the cereal bars and Frosted Flakes. I like grew up. That eating. sounds so yeah. good. The Frosted Flakes. Yeah, amazing. They're great. They're oh, boy. great. <laughs> no, when I was a thank child, you, you. I had a crush on Tony the Tiger. Like, big time. Because <laughs> he's really? like... Of you did. He's hot, kind of, right? Like, isn't he? For for a tiger. He's got that, like, hot body. I mean, I, does that sound I weird? Mean, as far as tigers <laughs> go, I'm kind of into Tigger. <laughs> no, Tigger's too goofy. He's too, to me. Goofy's too goofy. I don't know. Like Tony seemed like his voice was so deep and he made that delicious Mm -hmm. cereal. I don't know. I, what happened to the green giant? I thought you guys had like a real thing going on. No, you mean little. You're going to cheat with Tony the Tiger? little Sprout? Sprout. Look. No, the actual green giant. No, I I don't have the hots for the green giant. (laughs) I just want to be. I love how you say it like it's crazy. (laughs) I want to be friends. Jamie, please. I want to be friends with green giant and Sprout. And I am, by the way. I think if I have pictures of them at Hungryland with Lolly, we are definitely friends. But. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I want to be more than friends with Tony the Tiger. This is uh, this it's is going kind of in a are. weird direction. I d- I, <laughs> All right, let's reel it back in. <laughs> I find Tony the Tiger attractive. Okay, I will try the cereal bars. I got one more real quick one here. Uh, Bob's Red Mill, and th- this is like the best of, of 2020 here. Bob's Red Mill has conducted a survey of the most popular holiday cookies and holiday pies for 2020. So I, I'm just going to give do the top five of each, unless you want to guess them. Do you want to guess them? Top holiday cookies and pies? Yeah, so we, we can do cookies first. Uh, snickerdoodles. Okay, that's number five. Uh, sugar cookies. That is number three. Butter cookies. Um, well, what, say that again, which kind? Butter Okay, no. Uh, butter. Peanut, peanut butter cookies no. is our number two. Oh, totally two. different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but those are number two peanut butter cookies. So, chocolate uh, we, chip? We got number one, chocolate chip right there. Number okay, four. Oh, number we didn't do four? four? Oh, sorry. Yeah, number four. Oh. One more. Uh, Gingerbread. Yep. Yay, there you go. Lisa. Nice. Well Ooh, done. Oh, I know my cookies. All right, everything, cakes. Everything uh, okay. butter cookie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Now, uh, exactly. <laughs> now the top holiday pies. Number uh, four. Pumpkin. Pumpkin's number one. Uh, apple. Number two? Mm, cherry? Number four. Um, pies. Let's see. Sweet potato? Number three. Oh, um, okay. Uh, uh, hmm. What are the pies that I'm missing? There's number, apple, cherry. Number five potato, can be said, me, pronounced two different ways. And there's like a feud between... Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Not tomato. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, it could be pronounced two different ways. Mm-hmm. You would say only one. You would say the other people are wrong. Yeah. Oh. Coconut. 
<laughs> no, just tell me. Pe- pecan. Pecan. Oh, pecan. Oh, pecan. 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 <laughs> I have to tell you, like, I Coconut. always say pecan. <laughs> I should have gotten that one. That's such a no-brainer, the pecan. I say pecan now that I moved to L.A. Like, I'm a Brooklyn girl, and I was born in Brooklyn, raised on Long Island. I left New York. I try really hard not to speak like a New Yorker, but I would have totally said pecan, pecan. until... Probably I moved here in 99. So anyway, sorry I missed it. But those are all good. So those are the most popular pies. No surprises. Yeah, from 2020. I wonder if it'll change in 2021. I should have <laughs> I should have gotten the 2019 uh, list to see how they compared. It's the same. <laughs> What's the 2021? It's going to be the vaccine cream pie. No, that's oh, terrible. Awful. That's disgusting. Yeah. Today, by the way, I know today's a Monday. It's a big day because it's the first day that the vaccine was administered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you, I saw that on the news and it happened at the hospital that I had my appendix removed in. The, it's wow. Long Island Jewish Hospital on Long Island. Do you yeah. think your appendix is still there? <laughs> I don't know. Probably like framed on a wall. You didn't save it in a jar like you did your wisdom teeth? <laughs> no, they wouldn't Please, give it no to me. send us pictures of their removed appendixes. <laughs> no, they won't give you your, I tried. I was like, can I have my appendix? And they said, absolutely not. So no, I don't think anyone has their appendix. <laughs> Please don't secret thing is this. Why are they holding them? Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. Inter- any more news? Nope, that's it. Okay. So we're going to jump in. We have a bunch of questions today. It's going to be similar to last time where we have some voicemails from our fantastic friends. I love hearing everybody's voices. First up. Yes, um, I have a question for your Hungry Girl to the Rescue podcast. Um, I was wondering, do you have any advice for someone whose husband tries to sabotage their healthy eating habits? Thank you. My name is Sandy Nichols. So wait, I guess my question is, I would like to like start this off by saying, how does somebody try to sabotage you? Like what types of things, like if you've ever been in a situation, what have you experienced? This is really, I'm aiming this at Jamie for like someone trying to sabotage you. So I feel like there's two types of sabotage. So one is sort of mentally, right? So they don't understand, well, you don't need to watch your weight. Let's eat pie. Let's eat cake. Let's, you know, there's that sort of like mental sabotage. And then I think there's like, I've had roommates that to me, it's sabotage because they have popcorn and candy and all of that stuff. And it's like, I'm trying so hard and I feel like it's being sabotaged. Am I now your roommate? No. (laughs) Pre you. (laughs) Mike, what what kind of roommate are you with all that peanut butter? Um, No. And that's the thing. Like I was, I, I asked that and I'm glad you touched on that because I'm like, is he really trying to sabotage her or does he just have like a big bag of potato chips in the house that he likes to eat? And if that's the case, like obviously you need to like protect yourself and have the foods that you like. Um, but also like that first type of sabotage mm-hmm. where people where people like tell you, oh, you don't need to lose weight or like, why are you watching what you eat? Or it's the holidays. I feel almost like that comes from um, you possibly being a little too vocal about what you're eating or not eating. Mm-hmm. I And I know this from personal experience. I always find that I have the best success making the best choices when I am not announcing mm-hmm. things about what I'm eating or not eating. Because I used to like go somewhere and be like, oh, it's your birthday. Oh, I don't, you know, if I like for a while I avoided a lot of things completely. Mm-hmm. And there are certain times when I avoid things completely. We'll get into that a little bit later. But 
Um, I find that now if I go somewhere and I don't really want to partake in a major way in the food, if I don't say anything, it's I get better results. Mm -hmm. I just I, if someone gives me a piece of cake, I, no one's paying attention to exactly mm -hmm. how much I'm eating of it. Sometimes I'll have a bite or two. I try not to like proclaim I don't eat cake right. or I'm allergic to sugar or cake, you know, gives me hives or I'm on a diet or whatever it is. I mean, now now I'm me. Mm -hmm. So basically everybody and I shouldn't say people don't watch what I eat because that's like my number one thing I wish I could change is that like everyone's like, pss, 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 let's see what hungry girls eat. <laughs> let's order what hungry girls ordering. But no, like the best thing I could say is to not focus too much on saying you're avoiding this or eating that or not eating this or that. Because if you do that, you have more of a chance of someone weighing in for good or bad, mm -hmm. trying to like sway you one way or the other. I feel like it's extra difficult, though, when it's your significant other, because I feel like that advice is really helpful if you're going out and there's other people. But, you know, it's. It, with your significant other, you know, you're doing grocery shopping together, you're stocking, the, you're eating meals together. I feel like it's it's sort of hard to not be vocal about what your eating habits and goals are. I guess so if like you're shopping together and, you're, and your significant other is like, let's make baked ziti mm -hmm. tonight. You know, you can say sure. And then let's also make a salad and some grilled chicken. And then. Right. And that's. Yeah. And then you can like eat the salad and the grilled chicken. Maybe yeah, that's kind of what, what Mike and I do because he, I eat, you know, um, I'm gonna say healthier, but I, I eat my way and he eats his way, mm -hmm. but we'll do like, we'll cook up a whole bunch of taco meat and he'll make tacos and I'll have a taco salad. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll have nights where like we do a lot of like chicken sauces and chicken sausage and veggies and he'll make like a hot dog, like a bratwurst sandwich and I'll cut it up with veggies. I'm very, <laughs> very predictable, but you know what I mean? Like you don't have to have your own like diet meals. You can kind of still, you know, eat together and have meals together and just tailor it a little bit more to your liking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, to um, I totally agree. And if somebody truly is trying to sabotage you and you are close with them, like this is this person's husband, like she could just say, Hey, it's, it's really hard for me. Like making these decisions to eat healthier foods is a little difficult. And when I feel like you're, you're saying A, B and C, it derails mm -hmm. me and it makes me feel bad. So mm -hmm. I'm going to ultimately be in a bad mood and I won't be fun to be around. I won't give you a back massage and you're going to want to sleep in another room. <laughs> See, That's, that, that wraps such, it up. That is such better advice. I was just going to say divorce. I mean, this is a really open and shut case, but no, that is actually really good advice because the truth is, if he's a good husband, he he wants you to be happy and he might not understand why you're eating the way you are. And maybe he doesn't have to, you know, maybe you can just share with him. This is something I'm doing for me. It makes me feel good. And, you know, I would really love your support. And what do you need my support with? You know, maybe he'll mm -hmm. say, I, I want to walk more and then you guys can go on walks together. Oh, I wish my husband would say that. Maybe he'll <laughs> say, I want to drink more and then you can watch the flight attendant together. <laughs> um, by the way. I've become like, she lives in my neighborhood. The flight attendant. Kaylee Cuoco? She does. And I actually like now I, what is good about this? Because now I feel like I'm such a fan girl. Not that I'm going to like go knock on her door, but like I've decided to walk like an extra mile on my normal walk so I can walk <laughs> by her house. <laughs> and hopes that she walks Wait, out so Lisa, you can see her. Well, Lisa, you know, John Stamos <laughs> lives five miles from your house, right? <laughs> 
start walking. This is just me. This is me not sabotaging. This is me supporting your walking goal. All right. Well, when you come over next, we'll do that. Okay. Go march by his house in 2022. Since you know where she lives, why don't you drop off some magazines and books on her doorstep? No, I don't want to be that person. (laughs) I can't be that person. But anyway, it's a nice house. Um, Okay. Next. Next up, we have another question. This is from someone named Paula. Is it Paula Abdul? Hello, my name is Paula Bush. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I've been listening to all the old episodes. I just love it. So here's my question. I've heard Lisa say that she uses the 80-20 rule in her approach to food. So what does that look like for you? Is that on a at a day-to-day basis? Do you look at it on a week basis, do you plan that far out that you can tell? I tend to be one way or the other, so I'm trying to work my way into that whole 80-20 lifestyle. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Paula. <laughs> that was uh, that was Paula Bush. It was not Paula Abdul, <laughs> but I got excited for a minute. But I'm more excited that it was Paula Bush because Paula Bush really needs our help. Um, Paula, thank you for being a podcast fan. I heard her little New York twang. She's definitely an East Coaster. Um, 80-20, it's an interesting concept. I feel like you're right. Sometimes it's hard for people to just like dive headfirst into 2020. I can talk a little about my 80-20 experience. So 80-20 for me is not every day. It's not necessarily every week. It's not necessarily every month. Some days I'm 100-0. Some days I'm 50-50. I feel like 80-20 to me is more about balance, but I have gotten really good at it. I've been doing it for a bazillion years, probably like, I don't know, since maybe 2003 or 2004. It's it's basically how I've been living. Um, and it's like, it, the best way I can describe it to somebody is that you have a bank account. Let's say you have a bank account and you want to, because I love shopping. Like if I go into a store and I want to buy everything, I can't buy everything. Why? Because I don't want to, you know, I can't spend all of my money on all the clothing that I want. You can, it's the same with food, your calorie bank. So it is about sort of still keeping a close eye on my totality of what I'm eating, but at the same time, making choices for things that fit within it. So I feel like, again, this is how it works for me. If I'm saying like, oh, you know, I want pizza, I will probably have pizza on a day where I'm also not having French fries or chocolate Mm -hmm. cake. So 80-20 for me is never about today is a 20 day Mm. where like the whole Mm -hmm. day I'm eating like my 20% foods. And then because at the end of the day, like my calorie intake, if I'm being completely honest, depending on how much I move. Um, I'll probably intake between 1,500 and 2,000 calories a day, depending on how much I move. On days I, these days I move a lot. Mm -hmm. I walk like 30,000 steps. So it's not, it's not um, unique for me to be eating more calories Mm -hmm. than I used to because I move way more, but I'm always conscious Mm -hmm. of it. So like, I think 80-20 works really well when you're making those choices based on the totality mm-hmm. of how many calories you're eating a day. And not I, I I don't focus so much on avoiding foods like I used to. And and I this is a topic that like we might touch on later in this episode or in future episodes, but I've become a little bit more relaxed about things that I used to never eat at mm-hmm. all. 
and things that now I, I eat sometimes. So, you know, for, for people who are in the active phase of really trying to take that weight mm-hmm. off, like if you're hardcore into like, I'm really losing weight and I'm on some kind of a plan, you know, sometimes 80-20 might derail mm-hmm. you. So I don't want to say it's the way to live for everybody at all times. It You have to find a way to work it into your yeah. world. I feel like I agree with you. It's great, great, great for maintenance, for the rest of your life kind of living. Um, you know, my version of it when I'm in weight loss mode is, um, it reminds me because I was trying to break it down. I'm like, what is it like? What is it like? It's like that expression, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. I aim to eat really healthy all the time. And then that 10%, if I'm in weight loss mode or 20%, like it's going to happen. Life is going to happen. So I don't plan, oh, I'm going to go to, you know, the restaurant tonight and eat bread and eat pizza and eat, but like, I might get there and decide I'm going to have a piece. So it's like, I, I aim to make smart choices as often as possible. And then for me, the 10 to 20% is when life happens, I don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I can't stray because it's like, no, I'm, I'm on a really smart path. I make good choices. And I, I think too, a lot of it for me comes into letting go of that perfectionist mentality. I think when you aim for, I'm either on or off, I'm either a hundred percent or I'm a zero, you give up. Yeah. That makes total sense, Jamie. And it's funny because there's another question later in this episode that touches on it even more. So Paula, keep listening because I think we're going to be able to help you even more. For me, 80, 20 is I eat the pizza, 80% of the pizza at night and then the other 20% oh, for breakfast. Oh boy, Michael. But I don't think that's what you guys are talking about. No, so. no. That sounds yeah. fun though. <laughs> Okay. Um, Paula, I hope that helped. And again, keep listening. All right. We have another question coming up. This one is from Deborah, right? Deborah. Hello, Lisa, Jamie, and Mikey. This is Deb from Maryland. And I'm calling with a question that of a problem I'm struggling with. As we're going into the new year, I would like to know how you navigate binge triggers. For me, it's peanut butter. Yes, Mikey, it's peanut butter and pizza. I have to be really careful when I eat these about how I eat them, when I eat them, or it will really turn into a binge. How do you handle foods that set you off? Happy New Year. Thanks for all you do. Thanks, Deb in Maryland. She literally eats everything I love, pizza and peanut butter. Jamie, you better watch out. You guys will be very happy together. <laughs> <laughs> She's your soulmate. Deb, Deb is, um, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like, again, I don't really, I can't say I have a blanket statement about trigger foods, but I will say this. I know the days, I you have to really pay attention to your body and yourself. I know the days when I can have some of my trigger foods and not be triggered. I also understand the days when I absolutely can't have any of them. And I also know the times of the day. And like for me, big time trigger foods are starchy carbs, bread. I love bread. I love any kind of bready items, bagels, tortillas, pitas, Dave's bread. If I start like, oh, even oatmeal, like anything that is a starchy carb, if I start my day off eating those foods, there's a really good chance I'll be hungrier throughout the day. And I know that. So I make my choices based on that. But also, I, I have to say, like, until the pandemic, I, I always think one of my biggest trigger foods, it just is salty, crunchy snacks. 
and I would avoid them completely. I would only have them really when I was tasting snacks at Hungryland. When we have to evaluate snacks, I would have like a couple of bites of this or a couple of bites of that because I thought it would set me off. For whatever reason, I have been a little bit better during this time about incorporating them into my life. But it's because I have learned how to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Aaron, who works with us, actually, I'm going I'm to tell a little story because it is relevant and I think it makes sense. She talks about habituation all the time. Now, I don't, I am not an expert on habituation. I think I practice it now more than I did. And for people who don't know what it is, I'm going to just like, I'll say a one, I, I don't even know that I'm an expert enough to really describe it, but it has something to do with giving yourself permission to eat certain foods that you used to think were completely off limits and having the act of doing that help you not have those foods have power over you, if that makes sense. So like I, I'm bringing this up now because mm. pizza, Deb just mentioned pizza. And I was the same way with pizza. You know how Mike, you just said, oh, you eat 80% of the pizza, then 20% of the pizza. I would never, ever, ever eat pizza, have pizza in my life because it controlled me. If there was pizza around, all I did was think about the pizza. During this pandemic, I've had frozen pizza in my house for the past eight months. For the first, I would say two or three months when I started making them, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to break them down into serving sizes. I would give myself permission to eat that pizza and I found that I never overdid it. In the past, if that food was in front of me and I thought that this was my only chance to eat mm -hmm. that food and that I must eat it all now because tomorrow I'm never going to like look at it, think about it, touch it again, mm -hmm. I overdid it. But just the idea of knowing that you can have it really makes you not want it as much. Does that make any sense to you? It does. Jamie's going to be well, like, no. no, it does. And it doesn't. <laughs> what what makes sense to me, what it makes me think of is the idea that what works for one person might not work for another. So, you know, when you talk about like, oh, how come my friend lost weight on the low carb diet and I didn't, you know, when I hear you talk about this, it and it, it almost makes me think like sometimes we're just in different places in our lives. And you've even said this to me because I've been like, that would never work for me. And you're like, you know, it might if and when you're ready to give it a try. For me, because I am somebody that like, I have binged on food more times than I can count. Um, and for me right now in my life, I it's easier and more peaceful for me to not have the pizza because then I like, if I take one bite or try and have one slice, it has power over me. If I ignore it and I just say, you know what? I'm just not going to eat pizza. Then I'm like, I, I've won, you know, because I'm not thinking about it. I'm not mm -hmm. obsessing about it. Um you know, what's the expression? Uh, one is too much and a hundred is never enough. Like I, I can't eat pizza like a lady, you know, <laughs> like if I have a little bit, I want a lot. <laughs> um, so I think it's about knowing yourself, you know what I mean? And I liked what you said too, about certain times of day. If I am feeling emotional or angry or frustrated, that is not a good time for me to experiment with like foods that are, I'm not sure about if it's like the way you described with the pizza, like it sounded like you had a really like sound mind about it. You, you were thinking about it thoughtfully. If I'm emotional, like think about emotional eating there, I just cannot mess with certain foods like that. So I think it's important to pay attention to how you feel like what's, what's making you want that food. Yeah. I, I, I like that you brought up emotional eating because I used to say, I don't know what emotional eating is. I don't emotional eat. Guess what? 
I have found mm-hmm. myself emotional eating in the past three months, and I totally understand it. Mm-hmm. The good news is I am very present during that time. So like I mm-hmm. find ways to remove myself if that's happening. And, um, you know, I have a vested interest in not allowing that get the best of me. I feel like I owe it. I don't want to be a fraud. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, like the most important thing to me is like if somebody sees me, I want to like I'm such like a goody two shoes. I was always like the (laughs) kid that always did my homework and studied. I never wanted to be late. I I always want to like live. I want to practice what I preach. So Mm -hmm. for me, that comes into play. If I ever feel like, oh, I'm getting a little out of control. Oh, I'm eating a little emotionally. I'd be like, no, I would if I were taking my own advice, I would I would find a way to not do that. Um, but you know, the most important thing I can say, it is really about knowing yourself. And a lot of people don't take that time to focus and think, um, you know, if you're at a place where you feel vulnerable to the trigger foods, Mm -hmm. just avoid them completely. I've been there and I still go there. Mm -hmm. So I, you just have to know where you are exactly. That really is key. And I think, you know, accepting it that like, you don't have to be, like I used to feel shame when people would talk about like intuitive eating and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't do that. I'm afraid to do that. I don't know how to do that. And it's like, it's okay to just find what works for you. Find what makes you happy and makes you feel balanced. And, you know, I think it's just, it's, there's nothing wrong with like individualizing your experience and what works for you. It's really nobody else's business, what you're eating or not eating. Find what works for you. Find what makes you happy and do that. And more of that. Well said. Okay, next up we have a question from someone named Jamie. Is this you? All right, Lisa, here's my question. Yes. Hi, Hungry Girl. My name is Jamie Palmier, and my question is, what are your recommendations for stocking the pantry when you're working from home and not doing much else other than working and schoolwork? Thanks for your help. Bye. Okay, that was not you, Jamie. It was a different Jamie, but she sounded no, equally as nice. I already know what to stock my pantry with because I get to talk to you every day. <laughs> well, and you, we all work from home. Like most of us are working from home now. Um, I actually work a lot from the kitchen, which makes it even harder. Like, I don't know if, well, do you work near, close to your yep. kitchen? Yeah. Like I'm always near my fridge. I'm always near my pantry. I'm always near the food. And like, so it is that much more important to keep whatever it is that satisfies you stocked in your house. So I would say like, there's no magic answer, except that you need to have your go-to foods that are, you know, whatever they are that you think are satisfying, delicious, that help you feel full. You have to have your snacks. You have to have your things to put together to make your little meals. You know, in my case, I'm such a protein maniac that I always have turkey slices. I always have half sour pickles because I like turkey and pickles any time of day. I always have all of my, you know, ready to eat proteins, whether it's chicken strips. I have a lot of egg whites. I am like, overloaded with eggs. I always have hard cooked eggs in the fridge as well as egg beaters because again, I'm a meal person more than a snack person. And I find that that's the most satisfying. One of the things like to be really specific, one of the most satisfying things that I always have in the house are the mini chicken cilantro wontons from Trader Joe's. Costco also sells them. Mm. Mm -hmm. Trader Joe's makes them and then also like Bibigo, whatever the Costco Mm -hmm. brand is. Mm-hmm. You get four of them for 50 calories, which is like amazing. What? Yeah. So I'll eat eight of them for 100 calories. It's like the best. No. Yeah. Oh, they're like minis, little minis. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. You put them in the microwave for like a minute. 
They are incredible. Sometimes I put them in soup, whatever. But to me, that feels like the treatiest treat and like a meal. And it's mm-hmm. it's just about keeping anything in your house and everything that like you could grab that's going to make you feel satisfied. That's not going to mm-hmm. force you to make the bad choices or force you to be like over hungry when it comes to mealtime mm-hmm. or ordering Postmates and getting the wrong things at all times. Um, the stuff that I tend to avoid, I'll tell you my big, it's funny. I don't really, I always say pretzels are my biggest tr- trigger food. I actually have a bigger trigger food, cereal. Oh, yeah. My husband eats cereal. He loves cereal. He lost a lot of weight, but he eats a lot of cereal. He makes this like special snack mix where he mixes like six kinds of cereal into the snack mix and he is able to control himself and just like eat the right amounts. But like for me, I look in that pantry, like if I had nothing, if I didn't have my food and I reached for a box of cereal, mm-hmm. I would eat probably four servings of cereal at once. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I just dropped off a bunch of cereal at Hungryland, so <laughs> maybe I'll have Aaron take it so you don't get it first. <laughs> what kind of cereal, Mike? I don't remember. It was like some natural cereal. I don't remember what what brand it was. It's funny because I just got a box delivered to me from General Mills today, and it had two special holiday cereals in it. So there's sugar cookie crunch. So it's like cinnamon toast crunch and sugar cookie form. And then the elf cereal that we talked about on the podcast, which is now at my house, but I'm going to leave. I'm going to take it away because I don't want to eat that cereal. I don't know. We're getting sidetracked. But um, so cereal is not something that I personally would like to keep in my arsenal. I always have like canned tuna is another one. Canned tuna is like phenomenal and soup, all kinds of soups. Again, I am such a foodie that to me, I need to be able to grab mini meals or meals at any time. It's not about the snacky stuff. Sure, I always have cut Mm -hmm. fruit. I have oranges and apples and, and some snacky stuff. And of course, like, you know, the crunchy snacks, which we'll go into a little bit later in another part of the show. But like, in general, my go to things are things that I can make meals or mini meals with. I really like, like you said, different types of protein. And I have to like mix it up because we're home so much that I don't want to get bored and then turn to the wrong stuff. So definitely different types of protein, um, veggies, salads, frozen veggies. I feel like it's always good to have those for those times when you're like, oh, I forgot to get fresh produce. You've got some frozen stuff. Yeah, the green giant, the green giant, all the veggies like my freezer is always packed with that stuff. Yeah, I need a second one just for Gigi. Um, (laughs) But also things that like if you are and I feel like it all comes full circle. It comes back to like if you live with someone that has chips and cookies and things that entice you, prepare for that. So have, you know, either like a, a, you know, like kale chips or crunchy veggies that you can snack on and dip in salsa. Like have your answer to that craving ready. Mm hmm. Yep, it's about being prepared. The Boy Scouts had it right. Yep. Um, wait, Mike, were, Mike, wait, wait, wait. Were you ever a Boy Scout? I was in the Cub Scouts, which was pre-Boy Scout, for maybe a year and a half. And then I just, it wasn't my thing, so I, I quit. Wait, so the Cub Scouts wore like the navy blue uniforms, right? Like the Boy Scouts wore um, like the khaki kind of tan i yeah yeah right it was a navy blue yep all right i had the hots i had the biggest crush on this little boy in third grade who was a cub scout and when he came to class with his cub scout uniform i thought i was gonna die 
There was nothing cuter. It was that little, and sometimes it was shorts, and sometimes it was longs. <laughs> but this cute is outfit. a very revealing episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I am one hundred percent texting Mike's mom after this and asking for pictures. And if she sends them, <laughs> guess where they're going? Hungry Dash Girl dot com slash foodcast. Oh no! I wonder if Tony the Tiger was ever a Cub Scout. <laughs> I wonder if he's listening to this episode. Probably was. Although my best friend at the time, Tony, was the reason why I became a Cub Scout because his he was one, and his dad was like the troop leader. So they like convinced me to join and yeah, I didn't like it. Okay. Next question we've got coming up. It's a good one. Hi guys. This is Marcy. I just was on your uh, website on the Facebook page and I wanted to question you guys about going into the new year and trying to get rid of the all or nothing attitude. I have a big problem with going gung ho and then falling off the wagon. So any help would be appreciated. Thanks. Okay. Um, That I have to say, I'm really excited that that, that Marcy or Marcia or Marcia, I'm really excited about this question <laughs> because I feel like I'm going to make a bold statement now, but I think the all or nothing attitude can be your absolute number one biggest enemy when it comes to weight loss and weight maintenance. There is no close second, honestly. And if you think I'm exaggerating, guess what? I'm not. So I feel like, and I know this firsthand because I grew up in a house with a yo-yo dieting mom. And I grew up from the age of, I was kind of chubby as a kid. I was on diets as a kid. I know it sounds weird, but like, you know, back then a lot of kids were on diets. Like I remember feeling like, well, I feel chubby. My doctor was like, you should lose a little weight, whatever. I feel like being like on a diet, having that like I am following a certain plan. I cannot stray from this plan is so dangerous for your sort of mental health and your physical health as well. Because if you feel like, okay, you have to be perfect. You have to stick to this plan. And if you don't, and if you stray, it's over. So you throw all caution to the wind. It's the like, it's the old, it's Monday. I'm going to be good today. And if you're not perfect on Monday, then guess when you start your perfection diet? It's the following Monday because you can't do that on a Tuesday. You can't do it on a Wednesday. I feel like it was such like an old fashioned way of looking at things. So number one, there's the, the good news. The silver lining on this cloud is please don't beat yourself up because nobody's perfect and nobody's going to make good, solid, smart food choices a hundred percent of the time. And you shouldn't be expected to. And you should always think about your choices based on like, it could even be the last thing you ate. Like if you feel that you wake up one day and you want to be really great and you're doing really well until noon or one or two, and then you slip up a little and you eat something that you didn't really want to eat. Don't beat yourself up and don't let that snowball into feeling like, oh, well, the next day is going to be bad and the next day is going to be bad and the next day is going to be bad. You have to just think of it as a lifestyle and making smart choices whenever you can. And if you don't make those smart choices and you're not perfect, it doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean you've blown it. It doesn't mean that you can't lose weight that week, that day, whatever. So, um, Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? I agree. I mean, I used to be very much like all or nothing. If I made one mistake or went overboard at a snack or a meal, it was like, well, what's even the point? What's even the point? Today is shot. I'm going to eat whatever I want. And that is, like you said, the worst attitude because then you wake up the next day and you feel like, well, yesterday was shot. The sooner you can get back on track and 
I know I'm a little more like <laughs> airy fairy than you are, but like to me, it's tied to shame. Like if I'm feeling shameful about it, I'm more likely to just be like, screw it and keep going. And if I just let go of that and say, okay, I'm human and that's what I ate and okay, it doesn't make me a bad person. I'm going to get back on track because that's what's going to feel good. You know, let go of that shame and just, just move on. I don't feel shame. I feel hungry. <laughs> it's like, it's so I'm funny. Shame, I'm trying to, yeah, I never, it's, it's interesting. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to what you're saying with the shame thing. Um, it makes total sense, but you're right. Like, it's the same thing. Just don't beat yourself up and mm -hmm. think of it as like, you know, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one yep. day at a time. And it's so important. Mm -hmm. It's so important because you hear so many times people are like, well, I did good. I did well for a few days and then it was gone. It was over. And then mm -hmm. that was it. So like if you did well Monday and Tuesday and you had a rough day Wednesday, get back on track on Thursday or mm -hmm. even Wednesday night. You know, the thing that I used to do, because like my, I used to joke, people were like, do you ever binge? Like, what are your vices? And it would be, you know, before this was probably years ago like back in the days of Vitalicious, Vitatops and all those like more snacky foods that I would eat. I would like on a bad day, I would have like five of those things in a row where I'll be like, oh, I just ate five or 600 calories worth of healthy snacks, mm -hmm. which I'm not going to say that never happens now. But one of the things that helped me feel better about it, I would never just like get into bed and be like, oh, I'm so upset. Like I would go walk for an mm -hmm. extra hour or two hours. And then you immediately, it sort of helps you mentally. Mm -hmm. I feel like moving really helps. It helps. Totally and I've been like, it just, there's, there's no two ways about it. And like, especially now, especially when we're all feeling a little more blue, a little more sort of down about the fact that we can't see maybe our family members and we can't see our friends and we can't for the most part go out to dinner. At least we can't hear you know, moving makes you feel good. So mm -hmm. if you happen to be eating more than you want to eat, like you can make your, you know, I'm not saying you're going to like try to undo the damage. You don't have to mm -hmm. like burn every single calorie that you ate, but you'll feel a lot better if you move. Wow. I feel like I, I was kind of, um, was I too tough in this episode? <laughs> was I? Look, people, they're asking for help. You know, it's good. It's, it's, I feel like it's good when you recognize your own, like just the fact that these people know that they ha that they struggle with these things. Like that's the first step, you know, because you don't be delusional and just not even recognize or look at the fact that something is troublesome for you. So that's, you know, they, they came to you for a reason, HG. Yeah, and I'm not like, hey, I, I know people know this, but like I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not necessarily giving diet advice, but I am telling you what works for me and sharing mm -hmm. personal experiences, which I think really, and same for you. It's just helpful. Mm -hmm. It's helpful because people think of us as like, you know, trusted friends. And how I great think. is this information going into the new year? You know, I mean, that's, this is great motivation to start 2021. I agree. But that doesn't mean you should have an all or nothing attitude and eat like crap for the rest of 2020. <laughs> hey, I have to say, look at the bright side. This is one holiday season that there's just like not a lot of junk around. It's not like we're getting <laughs> those big tins of popcorn at the office. I'm not getting a lot of those cookies. Like I feel like there's less mm -hmm. food around oh, than normal. Lisa, we actually told everyone to send that to your home address. Is that not what you wanted us to do? Uh -huh, <laughs> uh -huh. I'll share it with everybody if it shows up. But no, it's been, it's, it's, it doesn't feel very holiday season-ish food-wise yeah. to mm -hmm. me. Um, but so this may be the last podcast of the year. That's so sad. I know. Yeah. But we'll be back in like two weeks with a brand new one. That's right. Yes, we Picking will. Picking off the new year in style. We have so much coming up. 
in the new year. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. Should we give them a little tease of what they can expect? Okay, go for it. All right, so coming up in January, the first big news, mid-January, brand new Hungry Girl cookbook, Hungry Girl Fast and Easy, is going to be released. Very exciting. All of the recipes, uh, 30 minutes or less. Then a couple weeks later, we've got a brand new issue of Hungry Girl magazine that is packed with over 75 recipes. What? I know. It's crazy. I know. It's a lot. It's what? a lot. I'm excited about the book the book um, launch because I'm going to be doing like a week-long cooking series for, with recipes from the book on oh, Facebook wow. Live. So that'll be kind of fun. Yeah. And I'm going to be on the Today Show, supposedly, unless, unless something changes. Hopefully mm-hmm. it won't. But I'll be doing that from my either from my house or from the Hungryland Kitchen uh, via Zoom. So that should be kind of fun, too. Nice. Cool. And exciting. Other than that. What are you guys doing for the holidays? You're looking at We're it. We're <laughs> staying home, watching movies. That's about it. We usually go on our cruise, but I think I'm going to, to in honor of our cruise, like do cruise food for the week. So like I'm going to get a bunch of steaks, some like Indian food because they have like a nice Indian uh, buffet section. I'm going to make I Jamie. I thought you were going to just make buffets in your house. <laughs> Jamie, I was like, I'm coming over. Well, I'm going to make Jamie some fresh omelets because they have a great omelet bar on the cruise that we go to. I'm not going to really make her omelets, but um, yeah, I might do like some specialty foods, you know. Nice. He's pretty cute, huh? Good. <laughs> Adorable. You did well, Jamie. <laughs> He's a he's a keeper. He's a keeper. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, in the meantime, if people, this is what people can do. If you're home and you're bored, you should check out our show page, right? Because everything we talked about will be listed on the show page, or at least some of the things we talked about. I hope will be on the show page, which is hungry-girl.com/slash/foodcast. If you don't get our daily emails, um, you won't be getting them over the holiday week, but you can sign up and start getting them a little bit before the holiday week and then after the new year we'll be back with our daily emails and you can check us out on facebook we will be on social media the whole time i'm going to be around i'm going to be very vocal and present you know where to find us Mm -hmm. exactly but that was it thank you guys for tuning in thank you for um, making 2020 more tolerable i want to officially thank the audience the podcast audience the hungry girl audience for keeping us sane really during this crazy time so Mm -hmm. we hope we did the same for you you certainly did it for us I am Lisa Lillian, also known as Hungry Girl. Till next time, chew the right thing.